digital is not just a product for a company. Digital is the company. Digital is the organization, is the way a company works, is the way people are interacting with each other, how data are moving inside the organization. Digital is not only the application you download on a smartphone, but all the processes and all the customer experience that happens after you have downloaded the application. Digital is really changing the way a business is done. Hi, I'm Gianluca Brignoli, and you're listening to GAT Talks, double G-U-double-T. Hi, everyone. Welcome to season one of God Talks, WGUWT, a podcast focusing on business and tech for good, experience design, and gut feelings. I'm Maria, designer, strategist, and venture builder, running two ventures, Gut, WGUWT, and Other Dots Foundation. I decided to launch God Talks as the pandemic hit with an ambition to educate, put some karma on the board, and feature entrepreneurs, industry leaders, and investors who deserve recognition and have inspiring stories to tell. Feel free to email me if you need me, maria at god.com, W-G-U-T, or check the links in the show notes. Now let's get started. Our guest today is Gianluca Brunioli designer and creative executive for over 25 years with a massive experience in the designing and delivering integrated UX, CX, or user experience, customer experience solutions, organizational stage, front stage, and backstage solutions with lots of insights in what I would call, or he would call actually, not the so sexy stuff. He has a PhD in design, is a musician, lecturer, and speaker. And by the way, All opinions are Gianluca's opinions. Gianluca, thank you so much, by the way, for being on Gut Talks. Thanks to you for having invited me. I made a very, very brief intro, but who's Gianluca? Well, um, probably I'm a lucky person because I love what I'm doing. I love my, my job. I love working on design and working on technology, working on the intersection between technology and people because this is what design and especially today user experience design in general it's about and i think that um, i'm lucky as many other designers of my generation because we started our profession in that specific moment when the digital revolution started and in the beginning the digital revolution was you know i designed the very first cd-roms Uh, and some started to, to tweak uh, and to play a little bit with, with the very first websites. I remember my favorite browser at the time was the Netscape Navigator. And I mean, wow. really back in time. And in the beginning, it was, okay, there is a new media, there is a new technology, new opportunities, let's play with it. In the beginning, it was really, okay, let's do some lots of experiments. And very quickly, this became something that became a profession and became also not only a profession, it became ever-growing problem space where you have to work. You have to solve problems for technology, but you have to solve problems for the people that are using the technology. Because as soon as the idea of doing things with computers in the beginning, and now with smartphones, and now we are talking about the smartwatches, we are talking about even smart fridges and even cars, so... The problem there is not the problem, it's not technology, it's really to how to see the impact on the people, how people will use this, and how you can make 
the most of this, of the potential of technology in order to really improve the quality of life of the people that are using this technology. So I think that as many other professional and friends of my generation will be, we've, we've been there in this moment where everything in the beginning was completely new. And over the last, I would say, 20, 25 years, we saw the profession changing. And in the beginning, it was building the basic. Also, building the basic means also meeting clients and meeting people and explain them that, Yes, when you, if you want to design a digital artifact, a digital service, or you want to do something that should be used for a computer, you need to approach the problem from a completely different point of view, which is a user-centered design, understanding the, the way that people are doing things, and so on and on. And in the beginning, it was really kind of training, continuous training sessions with clients, with people, also with colleagues. I remember in the beginning when I was saying to my friends, well, I designed website and they were looking at me, well, what is a website? What are you doing? <laughs> so, you know, until 20, 25 years ago, to be a designer means that you have designed a physical product. And all of a sudden, I was one of the strange guys was designing this kind of digital artifact and nobody knew what it was. How was it to speak the language of the clients or potential clients to convince them or tell them or enlighten them on what you do and the potential of what you do? That is a massive problem. If you are a designer, that's your everyday problem. This is something that they don't tell you. They don't teach you in a design school. This is yeah, a very important point. I'm also a teacher in university and, and also I, I know that very well. I see also the two sides of the problem. The problem is in the traditional approach of design, when you are tw until 20, 25 years ago, before I was talking about uh, the design was mostly about designing a product. And designing a product, uh, it's a job that you work inside a, a specific team, inside the sometimes specific process. But usually the typical example is you are a consultant that is providing a service to a company. Today, when you work on digital, this is a little bit more complicated because digital is not just a product for a company. Digital is the company. Digital is the organization, is the way a company works, is the way people are interacting with each other, how data are moving inside the organization. Digital is not only the application you download on a smartphone, but all the processes and all the customer experience that happens after you have downloaded the application. Digital is really changing the way a business is done. And so in the beginning, and yes, you're right, in the beginning there was a lot of, the, the typical approach is here we have a technology, you are a designer, help me to sugarcoat a little bit to, to you know, to put the lipstick on the pig, as they say. <laughs> uh, my, my American friend, they say, put in, it's a very nice uh, expression, which is in this case very effective. So you really, you get horrible piece of software with a lot of problems, uh, bugs and inconsistent, incoherent processes and structure. And then you, okay, now you make it prettier with a nice interface. You find the right color, you, you, you find a nice face and everything is done. But it can be very frustrating also when you say just the lipstick on making beautiful because I think this is where we're going to get into is how to make it work, right? Exactly. And this is, again, I, I, let me tell you, it's still a big problem today. Yeah. So one thing that I learned very quickly is that if you want to really have, if you want to really deliver something innovative, a very good uh, user experience in digital and in general, a very good uh, customer experience, what I've learned is that you have to go way beyond the interface and the surface. It's not just a problem of finding the right and the nice interface with the right font and the right buttons to shape uh, and the latest the design trend is way more complicated. And this is where I learned that if you want to 
have an impact on the organization you're working with. As I said before, digital is the organization, it's part of the company. It's not just a channel, it's not just a product. It's something that has a deeper impact on the way you create your connection with your customers and the people you are working with and you are also servicing. You need to be able to start to talk about processes. You need to be able to talk about the business impact. And you also have to learn to talk about KPIs and all of these things. Of course, I don't want to be a businessman. I want to be very clear. My, when I talk about this kind of things, I'm not saying that a designer should become a manager. Absolutely not a designer. As a designer, I am a designer. But I have learned that if I want to make my work more effective, I want to have a better impact with a company. Let's put it in this way. It's like you, you are working for a different kind of user. We say that we do user-centered design. And when we do user-centered design, we need to shape, right, what we're doing, understanding who we are working for. In a different way, also, your client can be a businessman, can be a team of business people, uh, or even a team of technical people that are maybe part of your company or they are a client, an external client. They have their own problems. They have their own challenges. And you need to understand that your work how your work is going to impact on their challenges and the the way they're doing business. So this is very important because there will be a moment into your so design process into your while you are designing something where you have to present to the project and you say, okay, hey, this project is, is amazing, but it's beautiful. We, we approach the problem this way. We understood the market as done by people with this profile. We understand the people, they have this need. We understand when they're interacting with this kind of problems and with this kind of problems, they have these challenges. Their experience is broken because of many things that you describe. And you need to be able to explain this in a language, in a way that is comprehensible to, your, to the people you're working with. And also, you have to explain them how you can have a good impact also for them. And again, I repeat, it's not a matter to be a manager. I don't want to be a businessman. I'm not a businessman. I am a designer. I love to be a designer. But I learned that you need to be able to speak the language of the people you're working with. Because digital is not a product. Digital is the way you do business. is a completely different way to do things. Everybody has to play the same music, going back to the original discussion about music. It's like everybody has to work in the same direction with the same approach. So if we say that we are user-centered, today it's impossible not to meet a company or a high-level stakeholder, let mention a CEO or a chief marketing officer or whatever, any other high-level stakeholder in a company, everybody, they will tell you, my company is a customer-centered company. We are obsessed to serve the customer well. Okay, you see those these sentences in their, you know, in their statements, in their missions, in their values. But then when you meet them, you start to do your work with them. You understand that it's completely not true. So customer centricity is still a huge, huge challenge for companies and for organizations, especially in the digital world. And there is still a lot to do. So if you really want to, since everything builds the customer experience, since everything has an impact on what you can do for the customer, we need to work together. So you are not able to have an impact on the customer experience only as a designer, probably there are industries where if you give a lot of attention to aesthetic qualities, materials, CMF, uh, and all these kind of things, you can have a very good impact. I don't know, I'm talking about fashion, but again, even fashion that seems like the most aesthetic language-oriented industry, you need to understand the complexity of what is mean, also what is a collection, the business uh, 
cycles. So you need to understand a lot of things and nevertheless. So this is very true for digital. And this is where, from my point of view, if you want to be a very good digital designer, you need to understand that you have an impact not only on the final product, not only on the user experience or customer experience, you have an impact on everything. Yeah, and I want to touch on one thing. So the music conversation is true because it's like you need harmony. So and everyone has a role to play, but each one alone is not going to make a difference or an impact. But putting them together and having this harmony is going to work. I'm just putting it in words for the audience. And one thing is that is a core concept for customer experience. So the customer experience idea is that uh, the customer experience is not just a moment. It's not just a one or two interactions with a customer. So the quality and you win the customer, you make the customer happy and you turn the customer in a loyal customer. If you really pay attention to every interaction across the customer journey. So across So from the beginning to the end and back again. So it's a kind of loop that you have to, you want your customer to walk over and over and over, come back. and So that's the goal in the digital world. The product is not physical. It's really material. So you need, for example, you know, when you you buy a physical product, you have it and then you use it, right? So um, if you speak with a consumer psychology, we'll tell you that with physical product is very, you have to create an emotional attachment. And, and in a physical product, building an emotional attachment is pretty easy, especially the emotional attachment is built in the very early stages of the interaction with the customer. So really in, sometimes in the store, right? And in digital, it's different because, yes, you can create actually an emotional attachment, even to digital services, completely material. They are just an icon on your phone. But this emotional attachment needs to be managed across the whole life cycle of the product. It's not just in the very early moment. Yes, it's easy to convince people. Easy is not that easy, eh? but it's easy to convince people to download an application on the phone. But the hardest part of the job is to convince them to come back and use it again. And again, it's it's adoption and uh, it's to make people happy. And okay, now I want to use it again over and over and over. There are plenty of statistics about that that they explain that, say, 90% of the application, uh, downloaded application, 90% of them, they die after the first week. So basically, usually stop using them and they simply are lost uh, somewhere on your phone. They sometimes they go in the last screen. I don't know, tell yeah. me the truth. It's so true. Pick, <laughs> pick up your screen, pick up the, your, your smartphone and uh, tell me the icons that you have in the, it's like a dump. <laughs> Yesterday I deleted some. I'm like, why do yeah, I even then, have this? <laughs> you know. Exactly. So. Then, then finally you take it since you need to make space. Okay, now I let's delete it. Yeah. And uh, that's very. That's a bigger challenge. You need to convince people to come back over and over and over. And this is absolutely. You need to understand that every interaction matters. Every interaction, and this is very important because the typical approach when you talk about customer centricity, when you work on customer journey, is very common that companies, they put a lot of attention. It is also very easy to see when you do really the customer journey analysis, you see the investment and the people and the energy. There is a lot of attention in winning the customer, of course. The first part of the journey, the marketing funnel. So it's whatever you do. So to attract the customer, engage the customer, turn the prospect customer into a real customer. So close the sale. Okay. But for many companies, that is basically, that is the business, right? So you need to win the customer, sell the product and is mostly done. Then after the sale in many businesses, after the sale, everything becomes maintenance, customer support, 
some post-sales services, loyalty. And it's pretty interesting because for many companies, this is something they don't want to do. It's really, when you work, when you see this from the inside, also customer support, it's really a call center and it's not easy to get customer support that they really don't want to help you. You are bothering them. And, and this is very, very clear, right? So, and sometimes even customer support and whatever happens after the sale is operations. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is, it's, this it's, is very common. It's very I, common in many, many, many industries. I think we're going to deep dive into that. Yeah, because, yeah we can yeah. talk about, for example, I work a lot with telcos, but I also work a lot for utilities. Utilities are now our industries. And, and it's pretty interesting because with the digital revolution, you see that the digital revolution is eating, you know, is software is eating the world, as Mark Anderson said 15 years ago. And this sentence is definitely very true. But the way software is eating the world, software is eating different industries in different moments. There are different ways. So, for example, you had music, the music industry has to go back to music. The first is the first that got eaten them very, very ugly. So they very badly. Now they are at the end of the of the negative phase. And now finally, the music industry is completely digital and is reviving, is going back to some kind of a new, a new positive cycle. There is a new business model behind. Now we are getting into this so-called the creator economy. And you, for example, also this podcast is part of this creative economy, this idea that you, with technology, you don't need the man in the middle, but also the productions of the product, it became very easy. Then you got other industries, for example, financial services, and then telcos, telecommunication services. And also now is the moment of automotive. Uh, definitely is the moment where automotive got hidden by by software and everything is changing. And also is the moment of many other services that are becoming digital. For example, utilities. Utilities are the most boring service you can think about, right? Yeah, uh, going back to the designer of not the so sexy. <laughs> so expand on, on this. Yeah, I, I think and any project is super interesting. Actually, in what you do, you discover behind the scenes and see how to make this better. And then you become passionate about it, right? Because you can see the impact. Yeah, that's absolutely the point. So as a designer, typically you work on the front end, right? Your attention goes to the front end and you design the interface. I said it before, you design the interface. And also when you work on customer journey, you pay a lot of attention really to the customer journey and to the key moment, the moment of truth of the customer experience where you want really want to have an impact on the customer. And this is what usually designers do, right? They, this is what the designer is taught to do as well at school or at, at university. There's this focus on the front end. And then when you go into industry, and again, depending on where you go, you have a chance or not to work on the back end of it. Yeah, from a point of view, the problem is a little bit more complicated than this because in design school also, when you work on the front end today, probably this is a, a different topic that we need to explore later yeah. because in design school uh, today are, are doing a, a great job. It's amazing to see that there are so many today designers are really also, there are a lot of opportunities so that the market is really exploding there for everybody. And this is very good, very cool. And I like this moment. And nevertheless, I have the feeling that sometimes design school, they have different way, different way to understand the business realities, to understand what is really the job of a designer. But they also in the business, in the design school today, you see very well that many design schools are shifting the focus and the skill set that they teach to their students from crafting, which is the core competence of a designer. You, knew, you need to be able to be able to craft a product and they shift into helping the designers and uh, to think in terms of systems, uh, complex systems, problems, 
and also to be able to challenge the problem that you get sometimes from the business, which is a very good thing. Anyhow, going back to the point is typically designers, they are focused on the front end. And this is what you see when you look on Dribbble and Beyonce, you win a design award if you do something very cool in the front end, right? And nobody pays attention to what happens below the front end, who cares, right? <laughs> the front end is not of my problem. And actually that is, is a pity because to be able to have an impact, especially when you work on complex customer experiences, you need to be able to understand what happens behind the curtains. And this is where, for example, when I did a lot of digital transformation projects in my life for many, also very large organizations in many contexts, I mean, from banking to insurances, to utilities, telcos, even in sectors that are completely very far from the business to consumer domain, and one of the things that I learned is, yes, you have to build, uh, you do your research, you do your assessment, your analysis, you build your customer journey, which is the first layer on top of your problem. You need to understand, you need to start from them. You need to start from the people. What are the problems? How is the, right, the actual experience? How it's made? How it performs? How, how the real interaction works? Then immediately understand that if you want to have an impact, let's talk about financial services, which is from a very good example. If you want to have an impact, a positive impact on the customer experience, if you see the, the, the layer of the customer journey, you need to start to work on the layer that are below the customer experience. You need to start to work on the middle office and sometimes on the back office of the back end, because you'll quickly learn that many problems that surface in the front end, I don't know, namely, I don't know, the time that takes to get the right information or you don't get the right information at all or the time you get it to get something done to get a process completed or the communication process that all of a sudden you, you ask one thing and you see three different messages in three different uh, touch points. That's very common, right? It's, uh, yeah, very typical, actually. Yeah. Exactly. So this is if you really want to make the user experience and the customer experience better, you need to understand what's going on behind the customer journey and also behind the, the front end. And there, this is where, honestly, I spent also a lot of time, my professional time in understanding and rebuilding and studying and rebuilding completely processes and also organization structures. And sometimes you start to work on the hardware and the software architecture, which is a very hard thing, especially for a designer. Of course, there are people. In this case, I'm invading someone else's <laughs> business and someone else's competencies. I don't have that skills, but... I can sit down with software architect, a system architect, or with a business manager, and I can talk about now we have this process. And with our work, using our own tool, use a center of the tool, we're able to see that this process is completely fragmented. That there are too many steps in between where you lose quality of information, where you waste the time, where nothing, everything can be faster, smoother, and can be also designed and reshaped in a way where everybody can do their job better in the interest of the customer. So in order to have a positive impact for the customer. So this activity typically is done with a tool that is called Service Blueprint. The Service Blueprint is a very powerful tool because it's like you start with a customer journey. It's the same structure. It's a customer journey. You have the vertical columns are the phases and horizontal you have the journey of the customer and all the interaction with the customer. Yeah. Then you start to add a new layers. So you start, okay, what happens under the front end? I start to work on what happens, what are the, the processes in the middle? And then you see also the processes in the back end. And for example, when you do this kind of analysis is you quickly learn that an interaction of the customer in the front end, this interaction goes down and basically goes through the internal layers of the organization. And you quickly learn that one interaction, for example, one request, one form generates, creates 
a branch of many sub processes. You have a lot of people that are, they need to do something in order to be, make possible to, to close that process in order to make things happen. As soon as you start to do this analysis, you understand where all the complexity and you want, you find all the bottlenecks, uh, the fragmentation, where, where processes are completely broken, information that are not moving from a process to another. And even if the company, sometimes they have internal enterprise platforms, you learn that sometimes information at a certain point that they start to move from office to another with, with an email or with a file attached in the email, because we also found that. And of course, this moment breaks completely everything because sometimes you waste days there, you create a lot of noise, you, you sometimes you destroy the quality of the information. So some information, some critical information about the customer gets completely lost. And so you, for example, you called your service provider, namely your telecom company, your bank, or your gas and electric power company. You called because you have the problem. And actually the information about your problem, they must be broken and they go to different offices and they go to sometimes even to different partners. So they go outside yeah. of the company and all this fragmentation destroys completely. <laughs> Data got lost. And when they call you back, there is something wrong. And you say, what is, what is wrong? I told you in, the, in my first call that I have this problem because I have this model. I have this I don't know. I have this problem with my uh, with my um, landline and blah blah blah. And but they lost the information. Yeah, and, and then you start again. <laughs> you repeat the same story you, again. Oh, over again. Again. So I think that made my point. So if you really want to have a positive impact on the customer on the customer experience, you really design it for the people. You need to go down into the dirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you need to get your hands dirty. You know, this is where you can really have an impact, and this is where you need to be able to understand business processes, to understand organizational complexity, and you need to be able to speak the language of the people you're working with. Not because you want to do their job. I am a designer and my work is to understand the customer experience and use and find a way to use technology to make it better and have a positive impact for the people and possibly not only for the people, for the society as a whole, okay? But if you want to have this impact, you don't have it only on the front end, on the surface. If you want to have this impact, you need to go down into the belly of the beast. You need to be able to do this kind of work to understand how to break down and rebuild the process, which is basically the activity you do when you're doing a digital transformation program. Because digital transformation program, in my life, I saw many digital transformation program approach from the top down in the wrong way. You start from the front end, you add your nice, you do your nice paint job on the front end, right? You design again your nice interface, but below the processes are still broken. In digital transformation doesn't mean that you are digitalizing the interaction with the customer. Yes, you're doing that. That's absolutely an essential step. But digital transformation is that you are changing completely the process and the way you do business and the way you work internally to be able to deliver, to manage that digital interaction with a customer. That's very important. And many digital transformation programs, they started from the, from the front end. And then, yes, yeah, sometimes you also be able to get a little bit in the middle office and change something here and there. Typically, the typical uh, solution is, okay, let's call uh, Salesforce or, <laughs> or Dynamics or any other platform like that, and we solve every internal problems. But the real digital transformation, where we've been able to have a very good impact, we started from the other way around. We started from the, it was bought bottom up. We started from the internal systems. We started rebuilding the back end, making data, as for example, cleaning how data are 
moving and are connected. For example, the typical problem every good customer experience to have the single customer view, which is a very simple concept. Every company should have one view on the customer and every data should go in that single view. And what you learn when you work with a company is that every single division, every single silence and organization, they have their own data and their data, they are not shared with each other. And everybody sees a piece. And this is a big problem. And, and you quickly learn that now we talked about technology, we talked about the processes, we talked about organization, but at the bottom of everything, you learn that the big problem is culture. Yeah, we're going to get for sure. And this is, again, where from a P2U, you, you need to learn to have an impact because that is a systemic. You need to, because with digital, you want to have a systemic impact. That's very important. You don't want to have an impact only on the surface. You need to have, you want to have a systemic impact. You want to change the system as a whole. And you need to have system thinking and you need to be able to understand the connection between the different parts because it's really where you understand how you can make things better, more efficient. And also sometimes you can really make better. You can help people working better inside the organization because this is another part of the story because sometimes in my life, I also have the opportunity to interview people working in a specific office. They were so frustrated by the fact that also they didn't have themselves the right information or the right tools to do their job. Ad break. No, not an ad, but as you may have noticed, this show has no sponsors, but you can still support Gut Talks by leaving five stars or a comment on your podcast player and like, share, and follow the social media channels of Gut, W-G-U-T-T. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get going. I think this is quite common because I've been through this and not as much as you, obviously, but I have, and I get you when you said it's something's... I'm not going to say easy, but this is the main reason why I started this podcast. Actually, I wanted to start a podcast before, but there was this key moment that made me so frustrated. And it's exactly about this organizational change where it's so easy, but it was the system was so broken. It was with a co-rental company, basically. I'm not going to go into that now, but this is why I was like, okay, we need to talk about those things because on top of culture, I think... There is something very important. I don't know if I would call it as desire or will to make this change or transition from what one has right now and evolve into something better because everyone will be, let's put it that way, happier, more comfortable rather than dealing with things that can be automated sometimes, not always, but sometimes. And I think there is something, I think you want to touch on this, the legal aspect of things too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, uh, just just to talk about the most boring things that happen to a designer that wants to really have a systemic impact on the very complex digital process is to have meetings with compliance, with the compliance team of the company. Yes, that's really, really hard because we are really completely on the other side of the world. The designers and lawyers, they don't go well together. But this is, again, another part of the story you need to... This is another meeting you need to have and you need to be able to be there. This is a very important message also for my designer friends. I know that many designers, they hate talking about the business. They hate to talk about processes because it's it's hard. It's definitely not easy. You need to learn to talk a different language. You need to be able to translate your design actions in business impact. And you need to be able to do it in a way where you want actually your ultimate goal is to have a positive impact on the customer, to have a positive impact on the people. Be, be careful also here when I talk customer, the word customer and the word user, just to avoid any misinterpretation and any, any semantic discussion. 
for me, we are talking about a human being, people. And people means that sometimes the user of service is the patient. If you think about healthcare, you are talking about the patient. If you're talking about a social service, or for example, you're talking about the government, the customer, or the user is the citizen. So it's very important that we start with this. This is our North Star. So, right? So we want to have a positive impact with the people. But again, if you want to be able to have this positive impact, you need to go into the point where you we are able to have also discussions about how compliance can have an impact on your activity. And then, for example, again, talking about e-government and but also banking services, these are highly regulated services, right? It's not that you can do whatever you like and you do it. You don't have all this freedom. Actually, it's very hard that you need to go to processes because there are actually formal processes. They ask you, sometimes people, when you do an interview with a customer, everybody complains about the fact you have to you have to sign 20 different pieces of paper. And say, oh my God, why have to give all these signs? And you're right, it's boring. And sometimes you really don't understand. It's like a mechanic because everything happens. Nobody really reads all this, it's, this is a bureaucratic point of view also of the problem. So you get 20 pages, fine print, and with the idea, oh, these pages, they, they've been done to protect you. But the problem is nobody reads it. And honestly, even if you read it, after many, many years, I'm not able even to understand completely what they say. Because That's I'm, if you see it, because of the size. So. Is, yeah. But the point there is, these are very regulated businesses. So, so some complexity stays there. And for example, when you work on a typical checkout form and on an e-commerce website, and you need to make a payment, or when you're talking about the submission form, when you are want to submit a form, when you want to apply for a mortgage, or when you are buying online insurance, of course, everybody wants to be able to buy an online insurance in a super, super fast way. I remember doing a project for an online insurance, we said, okay, the super fastest way to get the quote and to buy the insurance. I want to take with my phone a picture of my car plate and everything happens magically, right? And, uh, what you assume? Well, I, I can tell you, we actually went into a project that we were talking about this. So just give me your car plate, the address where you live, because all this information is already available. If you use, there are in many European countries from the car plate, you can easily go back and retrieve all the data about the car owner, where the car owner lives, about the car, the car details, and also you have some databases because insurances, there are databases about the incident scoring of the drivers. So ideally, we could be able to collect all the data. So you take a picture of the car plate and you don't have to go to 20 pages inserting your details. Unfortunately, this cannot be done because for obvious reason, right? And you need to, you need to take the customer through the processes and ask lots of questions. And I've been in that meeting where you fight on every single question, you fight on every single form field with a lawyer. And this is inevitable. You need to be able to do that. If you, if you don't want to do that, you're not going to have an impact on that business and on that experience. Think about the, I remember the full digital onboarding of M26, which is a payment, is a bank, is a full digital bank, is a German fintech. And when they launched, they were the first one. Actually, this was something that everybody was talking about in industry. They didn't invent it, actually. But they were the first. They wanted, okay, let's do it. They did the full digital onboarding. So you can download the application and apply for, to open your bank account and get your credit card completely with the phone. You don't have to go to any office. You don't have to sign any physical piece of paper. You just have to take a picture of yourself, a picture of your documents, add uh, fill some forms because you have to do it. And in my experience, after 45 minutes, my bank account was open and working. But to get there, 
there is a lot, a lot of complexity. It's like you move in the complexity from the front end and you bring it back so mm. in the middle office and in the back office because you need to have a lot of internal processes. You need to have yeah. a lot of technology. You need to have a lot. For example, you take a picture of the document. You need to have OCR. You need to be able to do scanning and capture correctly. I, I've been there with many banks where, you know, it's not very easy to do that. And honestly, it seems easy to say, but everybody thinks, yes, today we have the technology. Yes, today we have the technology. But the real case is the document is not clearly visible. Sometimes yeah. the document is deteriorated. Sometimes uh, the document has a different shape in different countries. They have different uh, layout, which means that the company in the background, they are mapping all this document format, they, they're building a database in order to support. So the document recognition system goes to various steps before being able to extract the data. It's a very lengthy process. It's, it's a complicated process. You need to invest a lot to be able to do that. So this is a very good example. So it's a very simple experience for the customer. Sometimes even, wow, they say, oh, that's very easy. That's very cool. And behind there is a lot of complexity in terms of technology processes and so on and on. So I remember when the N26 was launched, every bank said, we, every executive manager in every bank said, we need to do the same. And then we've been in this meeting where you have the business that, okay, we want to do the same. We want the digital onboarding, make it easy, make it super easy because for them, because for them, the, the goal was, I need to be able to acquire as much as possible customers on the digital channel. But on the other side of the table, you have the lawyer that they start to push back. No, 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 this is not possible. We, are, we need to respect the views. We need to go through many complications in terms of, we need to have many, you need, again, to collect some lots of data. You need to follow procedures. You need to also to make sure that the customer is actually accepting and opting in a lot of features about data treatment and so and all these problems believe me they become also user experience problems because when you design that process there are a lot of checkboxes there are a lot of yeah. form fields that are there because you want to intercept the intention of the user basically some things with some checkboxes or radio buttons or when you fill in specific form fields that you are actually accepting some rules and in this way we can save you, we can spare your time to go through receiving 20 pages, paper pages, and you have to sign them back and send back in, maybe going to into an agency. So again, from a point of view, in this process, that is, if you work only in the front end, you are just a passive actor of the product. You don't have any real impact on the customer experience. And more importantly, you're just a passive designer. So you're just putting the lipstick on the pig. If you really want to have an impact on the service, on the customer experience, you want as a designer, and you want to bring the voice of the user in that process, so you need to be able to be in that meetings. Yeah, I get you. And going back to the banking experience with digital banks, sometimes, and, and I spotted kind of a mistake and I told them it was written residence in Europe. And so I did the whole process fine. And then last pass was showing your passport or your residency, whatever. No, you're not Italian. I'm like, yeah, but you wrote residents. You didn't write citizens. <laughs> Big difference, right? That's a Maybe people compliance problem. So the exactly. questions were wrong. Believe me, you have no idea how many times we find that. You do the research, you analyze the process. And then you, this is the typical problem. You can only understand this problem if you look at the problem from the outside. You need to go interview the people, see the way they're doing the process. And you understand that in a part of the process, you're talking about residents. 
And then all of a sudden, in another page of the form, you are talking about the citizenship. And you never told me that the two things are, yeah. they were the same. Because and sometimes, you know, you, sometimes you learn that when you, when you really dig into the problem, you learn that somewhere in the CRM system of the company, the two forms failed that they have one. Because when the database has, was created like 20 years ago, which is amazing, this story, right? You came across that 20 years ago, nobody was thinking about having... This kind of edge use case where residency and citizenship can be different, right? And this is where you break the process. And how can you manage that? And again, we, and sometimes, okay, do you really need to get this data? So you start to have all this kind of conversation. Okay, this, I, I know that this is the dark side of design. So I, no, I'm sorry, it's not the dark side. It's not the right term. This is the boring side of design. Many designers, they really don't like to talk about the things they don't like to. It's, it's very interesting because there are no design books about these things. There are no, you don't, you won't see any designer word about that. You won't see any, any design conference about it. In design conference and design books and designer world, everybody talks about the cool things you do in the front end, but nobody, nobody will work. We want to talk. I've been many conferences and many also speakings, meetings. Nobody wants to talk about the things because they sound boring. And is this design? There are people even questioning that. And is this also a very good point because I work also in a big consulting, one of the biggest consulting company. And it's true, sometimes this work of rebuilding and analyzing the process, breaking down the process and rebuilding, re-engineering the process in a digital way is something that, for example, typical business analyst or an engineer, a software engineer, they are able to do that. But what is the difference? We do that work from the because we start from the user perspective. We know what are, because we start with our North Star, we know that we want to have a specific positive impact on the customer experience, on the people that are using that service. And then we go, it's like you go back into the processes, you dismantle, you understand, okay, why I have this problem and people, they get the submission process, they, their submission process is broken because residency and, and citizenship, they, they are not, uh, they are treated as the same data and this makes, creates a complete, create a, a bug in the system. So if you just work on the front end, you don't see this. You need to be able to go back in this, in this activities. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, okay, I want to have a bank, uh, to be a client of a bank, or want to be a client of a telco company. I want to be a client of a gas and electricity and power company. Nobody wants to do that. They have commodities. Yeah. And this is another interesting story because now we can talk a little more about what is going to happen because so far, all these businesses were independent businesses. They were industries right? Yep. So banking, telecommunication, utilities, and then you can add many others on this list. Now all these industries and all these businesses, they are becoming digital services. And when become digital services, they become an app on your smartphone and they become all the same. They get commoditized. This is where things are really changing. So we are going to get to a point in financial services, in financial services, in the banking world, there is a lot of discussion about banking that is disappearing. You know, there is a famous um, expert, uh, a guy that I really encourage you to listen because he is a, is a fantastic speaker, is called Brett King. Oh, yes, yes. I follow him on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, Brett King is amazing. And he delivers this amazing speech about the future of financial services and banking. And he says, in the beginning, banking was a place bank it was a place and by the way the name it comes from italy you know right bank is an italian invention bank has been invented in italy in the renaissance in uh, in florence bank is the banco in italian is the place where you sit down with someone and you discuss about how to manage your money and this became a business it's a place you go there you meet someone 
Now banks are applications. They are no longer a place. So there is a generation of people that are growing up. I am thinking also about my daughter. She's growing up with the idea that the bank is an application on her smartphone. She never... I happened to say, okay, we need to go to the to the agency <laughs> and manage this problem. She said, why do we have to go to an agency? What? Why can I, can I do it with my smartphone? That is, things are changing. So many businesses and many industries are becoming, honestly, are becoming, when they become digital, they go through a very complex transformation also in terms of culture. You become part of a bigger ecosystem. You become part of the platform. And this changes a lot in terms of how you have to design these systems. And very clearly in the future, most of the services, they will need to be integrated with each other. Now they're independent. And for example, you have your own login for the bank, your own login for the telco system, your own login for the utility, right? Now it, it was like this. In the future, the community community is not very far we're going to have, you already see this, you're going to have your platform login, which is today you can call it Apple ID or Google ID, or it's going to be something else. I don't know how to call it, but you're going to have your digital identity, which is going to, your digital identity is going to you and the services, they're going to be just extensions like plugin or your identity. And this is going to change a lot in the way you do business. And it's going to also explain also why it's so important to remove frictions, and to convince people to go back to really loyalty and engagement will be more important than ever because it will be very easy to control your own digital identity. It would be even easier to move from a service to another. Yeah. It would be very easy to, to switch from bank A to bank B to service A to service yeah. B. It's, everything's going to change completely. And this is going to happen, from a point it's going to happen very quickly. And of course, with different, probably different speed. As I said before, software is it in the world, digital is it in the world, but is it in the world in different speed? So not every industry is going forward with the same speed. There are industries that are very, I would say the, the, the financial services, also telco services, they are really high in the process. Other company, other services and industries, they are a little bit behind. Some of them, they are resisting very hard. For example, let's talk about healthcare. They're really resisting a lot because the systemic impact is even bigger. Yeah, this. but sorry, but now with what's happening with the green passes in Europe, but potentially becoming health passes as well. And now volunteer about or whatever to get kicked out of the NHS and everything that's happening. I mean, I resonate totally with what you're saying. And we will be able to automate so much like we can already do with other kinds of services now. Well, you just you just touched a very, very interesting point. So automation, the example of Dream Pass is a very good example. So the idea that, again, this goes back to the systemic impact. The bigger the system, the harder is to have an impact. Let's put it in a different way. Of course, now we are going a little bit beyond what is the domain of a designer, of course. I'm talking more like a digital expert more than a designer. But the point here is, if the system is simple, like, for example, I want to listen music, let's talk about Spotify. Spotify, they did an amazing thing. Eh? Also, Spotify is a very good example of how a digital organization works. So there are articles that explains the Spotify tribe and squad model. And there are lots of discussion about how you can work together in a digital company and you can break down the silos and basically... You no longer have functional silos, but you have groups that are working on components of the platform. So basically, you break down the platform in components, you no longer have functional. So the functions are distributed because you need to have designers, developers, marketing people, business people in every team. But the team, they work on different parts of the platform and they, they need to work in a kind of orchestrated, organized way. 
And I've been able to witness, uh, not very closely, honestly, the transformation of a very large bank in Europe that, that adopted the, the tribe and squad model from uh, the Spotify tribe squad model. And it was really hard. And uh, it's really where you see the culture that is changing everything. But again, going back to the point, if you want to innovate and change the way you listen music, now the systemic impact, you achieve that scale where you're easy to have this systemic impact. When we talked about financial services, it took, I would say, 15 years to transform bank in a digital service. And honestly, as you can see today, only a few banks, they are really delivering this vision. Many banks, they are really struggling behind. Some of them, they exactly this. Some of them, they are a few nice application, but as soon as you, again, you go down into the processes, you, you start to build your service blueprint, you end up needing a lot of paper, a lot of disconnected services and complex situations. Healthcare. Healthcare is, in terms of system, is very big and it's very complicated because you don't only have the private service, but you have also all the interaction with the social, with the welfare systems. And the scale is way bigger. So the system, the systemic implication, the system, system complexity is very high. So being able to have an impact at that scale is very hard. And of course, is beyond the, it's not just something you can do as a designer. You need to have many different, not only skills and competencies, so you need even to have completely different organizations that need to change the way they manage that service. And then when they say, for example, you need to change the way even the public service works. And the Green Pass is a very good example because the Green Pass today is a problem of putting together data and aligning the processes and between different public services of different countries. And it's very hard. It's not something you do very easily. You go through, and again, you go through a lot of policy discussion. You go through a lot of privacy discussions, you have a lot of to, lot of complications. And so this is the systemic challenge of digital and very likely is a challenge we need to win because it's inevitable. Yeah, for sure. And one thing, I just want to go back to the fact that you're a designer and you said it many times and you want to do design, but you need to do other things, obviously. And one of them is business, right? Because who are you designing for you to understand? It's going back to the students, you know, the last workshop I was doing, I was telling them, I literally was telling them, in design schools, we don't teach you business. <laughs> so, you know, just get over it somehow <laughs> because you will have to because you learn it yourself, right? And you realize that there are many things I wish I knew before. So as a designer, somehow you do trust your gut or your instinct when you want, especially when you do crafts and stuff like that, when you get started. So do you trust your gut? <laughs> you trust your gut. <laughs> um, well, uh, well, as a designer, you often are in the position where you have to follow your gut. But from my point of view, they are all educated guests. So yes, there is a moment where you okay, okay, that we need to jump. There is a moment where you need to leapfrog uh, over the problems. This is a typical phase. For example, when you do the research, and after the research, you do the synthesis, and okay, now with the synthesis, we can start to ideate, we can start to design. And when when you start to design, you choose a direction or another, you choose a solution or another. There are lots of moments where you are, and at the end, uh, you follow let's say your guts, but it's not a wild guess. It's really an educated guess. There is a lot of thinking behind. And sometimes, even if it's the decision you take in sometimes in a few minutes or in a short time, sometimes behind there is a great deal of thinking, 
And also, you know, sometimes you, <laughs> you did a lot of mistakes before. <laughs> this helps you a lot <laughs> to understand what you can avoid and what you can do better. But in general, it's mostly an educated guess. Yes, you follow your guts. And this is from a point of normal for a designer. You know, one of the things that I like to be a designer today is that many problems are complex problems. What does it mean? Are problems that they don't have uh, one single definition and usually they don't have one single possible answer. They don't have one simple possible solution. Actually, you are dealing with problems where many very complicated and problems that they might have many possible solutions. They might have many possible outcomes. So you are in a situation there is a lot of ambiguity, a lot of uncertainty. And this is where from a point of view designers, they shine. They can do better than the others, than the business people and technical people. Because we are good in managing ambiguity and all this kind of complex situation where you basically, the problem is not to find one solution, but to combine the factor in order to see all the possible opportunities and build a solution on that. So my feeling is that the designers, they are very good in managing this kind of uncertainty and ambiguity and dealing with the biggest problems, with complex problems. This is our superpower from a point of view. And again, it's a superpower that comes, again, not because you have crazy guests, so you wake up in the morning and say, oh my God, let's do this or let's do that. Actually, because you think about it, because you see the problem, for example, from the user perspective, from a point of view, that's a very strong point of view. And it's still a point of view that is not common sense. Everybody would tell you, yes, we do your user-centered, your customer-centered, your patient-centric, we are citizen-centric. Yes, everybody will say that. But this has to be translated not only in a nice interface, but it needs to be translated in new systems and new processes, the way you work, the way you manage data, the way you really manage completely the interaction with the customer. And it's not easy at all. And we are not there yet at all. Also because the idea of being user-centric and in general, people-centric changes continuously because in the meanwhile, the technology evolves, the technology changes, you have innovation. Now we yeah. start to talk about, everybody's talking about and is worried about automation and artificial intelligence. So before you mentioned that, that's another huge topic. Yeah. And uh, again, so what does it mean being user-centered in a world where automation and in general, user, in general, artificial intelligence is going to, have to play a very important part of our digital experience because the future of our digital experience will be mostly based on a lot of automation and a lot of artificial intelligence. I don't want to talk about the car that is driving basically today. Today you buy a car and every car you buy today, more, almost every car and also in the next, in the coming three, four years, cars, they will have cameras on board that they will be able to sense to have a understanding of what's going on around them. They will keep the center of the road. They will keep you the, the distance between the car in front of you. They will break themselves if they see an obstacle. So the, a lot of things are going to happen because there is a lot of intelligence in the car. And all these things, that are, they are opening a lot of challenges, positive challenges, because the vehicle is going to be safer, but also open points, critical points, because, you know, the driver, you have this continuous distraction. So it's a, you, you are not constantly focused on driving and sometimes things might happen and you have no control what's going on. So this opens a lot of discussion. I, mean, I think that we being user-centric is not just a problem solved with a nice interface. And I go back to my original point, is a continuous, is a moving target and the target gets different with every digital, every economical, every societal innovation. Also now it's very hard to make decisions without taking into the keeping consideration environmental issues and implications. It's part of the problem again. So being user-centric is very hard. And I still believe that the business is not ready yet there. 
And I think that today, the only people, the only function that the people that can really bring user centricity and keep user centricity and work on user centricity are still designers. So we are the only one that are still in completely inside of this point. I try to answer to your point about design school. So talking about design schools, it's a huge topic. Um, of course, in design schools, you need also to deal with the fact in design school, you don't have, you are in an environment where it's very hard to replicate the complexity of reality, of course. So it was easy when in design school, the problem was to design an artifact. And from a point of view, this remains in many ways, the core mission of a design school. You are a designer, you get a job and you get your role, your activities is it's justified because you can design an artifact. You can design something, right? And also it's absolutely, there is no problem. I know probably to say that it, it has to be beautiful. Aesthetic is important because we know that aesthetic is very important component to engage the user, to have emotional reaction. And those emotional reaction, they can be positive. You can use them in a positive way to create engagement, to really to help the user to do the right things. And so design school, they, from a point of view, when the problem is this, design school, they're doing already a good job. The problem is when you move to a level where, where you want to have a system impact. You want to talk when your goal is not just to design an artifact, but to start to tackle problems that are not solved with an artifact, but they are systemic problems. And sometimes you solve the problem, you provide a solution, you can have a positive impact on the problem, working on intangible components like you redesign a process or you change the way people are working together, or you simply redefine the problem and you help the people to see the problem from a different perspective. And then this is the domain of service design today. And also the domain where a lot of designers are talking about having an environmental friendly um, design. So we talk about circular economy and so on and on. And this is where, from a point of view, it's not easy for a design school to replicate the complexity of the world outside. And it's not absolutely not easy to replicate the complexity of the business. I spent a great deal of time also, I, a lot of time ago, I've been also, I designed a, a course that was focused on strategic design. We launched one of the first strategic design master course in Italy. It was like 20, more than 20 years ago, I guess. And I was involved in the, in the initial phases of that project. And I remember how hard is it because in the beginning, the problem was, okay, now we can teach designer to speak like a manager or speak like a businessman to understand what is a business plan or to understand what is, I don't know, what does it mean managing the bill of material uh, list uh, of your products or your designing or to understand these kind of problems. Today, luckily, we know that things are a little bit different. And uh, I don't know, it's not easy to create, to do this inside a design school from a point of view. Some of these problems are not easy for a designer. Doesn't you, you need to have a little bit of experience in design before starting to talk about business impact and strategic design in general, service design or design thinking from a point of view is not something you do when you are a freshman out of the school because you need to have a lot of understanding of the process, of design process, and also of the business complexity that you are dealing with. Because again, if done properly, design thinking is a set of methodologies and tools and processes that you need to combine together. You have different things that you combine in different ways according to the challenge and the problem you, have to, you are dealing with. And this is not something you can do when you don't have enough experience. It's something that you need to be, from a point of view, more senior and more expert in your career progression.
Yeah, I get that. I also recorded a podcast with Adam Lawrence from yeah. the yeah, Workplay Experience. And we touched on design thinking. And, and I agree, saying that it's very difficult to redesign a program for uh, a design school. And no. <laughs> it's, 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 I think the whole way we get educated, which I think it's a bigger topic than just what you learn in design school, because some designers just want to design the front end and just focus on that. You know, some designers would like to go deeper. So it really depends to set. So, and also giving all this complexity at the beginning, I think would limit the creativity somehow. So maybe keeping this free space can be a good idea too, without putting so many constraints of the business world at the beginning. Otherwise, we might get into the loop of redesigning the same stuff again and again, even though times change. I don't know. I mean, it's another topic, as you said, but thank you so much for this, by the way. We spoke about so many things. I think we could talk for one more week <laughs> and pick up your brain on everything. I don't know if there's anything you would like to say, add, or where can someone find you? I know you're on Twitter. Well, uh, it's very easy to find me on Twitter and LinkedIn. My digital account uh, is low resolution that I created a lot of time ago when I was more talking about music than design. And then it became, you know, it remained there. And again, my opinion, so I have two messages for one for designers and one for business people. So design can have a very strong impact and improving business performances can have a very strong business impact and can have a very strong customer and user impact. You can really really change the life of people you can make it better and i have the feeling that design is as this unique point of view which is the point of view of the people you are designing and you are working for that can help companies to see problems from a perspective that companies are not used to have which is the outside in perspective companies they see the problem from the inside out they, they start from internal processes they start from internal organizations from the internal also systems and, and chain of command and reporting structure. And they, they get this kind of myopia in front of the, the customer the user. They don't see the user. They don't see the customer. And sometimes they have a very fragmented idea about this. They say, yes, we see the customer experience. We all the data. We do market research, but this is not the way it works. The only way to understand the customer experience is to see the problem from the outside in because the customer experience is not only what the customers are doing on your systems, on your touch points. The customer experience is bigger, is wider, is larger. Customers, they do things on Google. They do things on social media. And they are talking about you, but you don't know that. You don't know what they are doing about you. So designers, they are able to give you this unique perspective. And it's a perspective where you can really learn and change a lot. But this is not something you do easily. So this requires investment requires commitment, requires also a different organization and a different culture. And so if you really want to have a good business impact with design, you need to really believe and invest in design. You need to have the right people with the right skill, with the right seniority level. You need to give them a position in the organization where they can have the opportunity to have all this systemic conversation that we spoke about so far. So we talk a lot about being able to be in the meetings where you discuss with everybody that has an impact on the customer experience. If you want really to use design to have an impact on your business, you need to take it seriously. This is a very important message for companies, for designers. Design can have a very strong business impact but it can't have this impact alone. As a designer, we can design the front end, but barely, yes, the front end is, can be completely our under control, but 
we don't have control on everything. And of course, it's impossible to have control on everything. It also doesn't make any sense to do that. Designer, you can have an impact if you learn to work with the other business functions and part of the organization, because altogether you need to have positive customer impact. So a designer, if they really want to have a business impact, they have to learn to understand the business problems, also the business priorities, because they are, they are there, business priorities, and also be able to discuss with them. You need to have a very clear understanding also of the business impact and the technical impact of your design choices, because this makes you probably more credible. And this is the only way you can have an impact on business. And my final comment is a good designer is able to deliver design solution to business problems. Thank you so much for this. I'll let you know when I post it. Ciao. Great episode with Gianluca Brugnoli. We spoke about digital transformation, culture, user centricity, and lots of insights and case studies of real world environment and what designers sometimes don't like to talk about. And just saying again that all opinions are his own. Thank you so much for listening. You are listening to Gut Talks by Maria Matloub. To support the show, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with anyone who could benefit from listening to these stories and experiences. To continue the conversation, join the Telegram channel. All links are in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.